0: Hi, I'm Garth Hand. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the V8 Insiders.
1: It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell.
2: Twi just days away as Todd Kelly prepares for his 150th event I'm not really fussed about the number and V8 supercars can the Grand Slam.
0: I don't think we'll see the Grand Slam ever once That's all
2: coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 insiders.
3: this news update is brought to you by v8x magazine log on to the official v8x magazine facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes
2: todd kelly will start his 150th v8 supercar event at the Clipsal 500 this weekend seriously um you know that was starting to get our head around a lot of things why the the
0: cars um have to be now and how you need to drive them and uh you know, I feel like there's a fair bit left in me. Another, another 150 or so.
2: The 2005 Bathurst champion will become the 16th driver to reach the milestone. Toddler, as he was known when he entered the series, won the Clipsal 500 race one on Saturday 2007. He then finished second on Sunday. Gaining the most points of the weekend, but his brother took the Clipsal 500 victory with his win on the Sunday race. Following Jason Richards vacating his drive at Team BOC last year with the detection of a tumour in his stomach, the question was asked how soon could he return to full-time racing. That question may have some clarity, as he has been confirmed to be competing in the Fujitsu series with Greg Murphy Racing, and if they are happy with his fitness after the first practice session, he'll stay in the car for the rest of the weekend. Richards has also confirmed he'll be in round one of the Vodkaro Australian GT Championship. He'll co-drive with Peter Edwards in the Il Beloroso-sponsored Ferrari 430 GT3, entered by Marinello Motorsports. Monster Energy Drinks has confirmed its first major move into the V8 Supercar Series with 888 Race Engineering and their endurance driver, Andrew Thompson. The company is looking forward to an increased coverage from the 888 machine, which will be delivered with a Fujitsu price tag. No Adelaide driver has won a race in the V8s at Clipsal. This weekend, two drivers will be looking to break the jinx. Russell Ingalls has announced he'll be driving in memory of his father, who passed away recently. And, of course, Tim Slade's also from Adelaide and looking to put in a good result.
0: In my mind, Clipsal's probably... uh... Yeah, as a whole, the
2: the biggest and best event of the year. And Nick Perkap will be making his return to the streets of Adelaide in the Fujitsu Series with walk and shore performance, hoping to improve on last year's fourth placing. Drivers are being memorialized with their handprints going up near the famous Michael Schumacher handprints. The V8 supercar drivers have now had their turn with Todd Kelly, Rick Kelly, Greg Murphy, all amongst the V8 stars that got their hands into the mud.
0: I think if, if Michael Schumacher's on that, well, we, might, we should be probably around the corner in the cupboard <laughs> compared to guys like that. But, yeah, it is, it is great for us, that's for sure. We enjoy coming to Adelaide and to have our, our handprint on, on the town is, um, is awesome.
1: One of the cool things that you get
0: to do, um, you know, in our profession, and you know, like the the brick in uh, in Bathurst for for the Bathurst win, and then this is, know, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool.
4: Pretty impressive, you know. Um, I don't know if they're going to put me right next to him, but uh, yeah, very very honoured. You know, it probably means that, um, yeah, the likes of myself and Todd and Rick have been been doing this a bloody long time, I suppose. So would uh, it, it's, uh, it's pretty cool that we get a chance to embed that in there. I don't know if um, everyone will, uh, will recognise us as, as being as, uh, as good as those guys, but, but um, you know, I mean, this, this event has, has got a, many, 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 many more years to go, and I think uh, the, the growth of it and the excitement that we have when we come here, you know, this is, this is pretty cool to be honoured in that way.
2: Jamie Winkup was also there in the, in the afternoon putting his hands into the clay, and then in the morning... Jumping up and down, stomping grapes for the champions. Drop. about
1: the in touch yeah, with Jamie. He's looking. good. In my
4: position, we're in the bottom of that barrel. I could, uh,
0: I could step on them, but uh, no. Hey, it was a bit, bit, of fun. A little bit squishy under the toes. But uh, this weekend, you know, although all the, uh, the fun stuff is just about to finish, we're getting into the serious stuff, and two 250k race is going to be hard work.
2: Another amazing triple eight promotion, which, uh, well, last year it was fragrances. This year, it's plonk. We have to wonder what's next. V8 Supercars has pulled the Grand Slam after just one year. The Adelaide Advertiser has reported the V8 Supercars will be focusing on other issues rather than the $2 million prize for winning Clipsal, Bathurst, the Gold Coast and Sydney. Jamie Wincup was outspoken in the article saying, I said at the time that this was a bit of media dribble to be honest. No one was ever going to win it. He also said that the tightness of the championship was going to see that it never happened. Here's what he said to the V8 insiders last year. Jamie Winkup, rumour going around the pit lane, and you know that uh, you think that the Grand Slam's so hard to win, you'd be willing to put up an extra two million.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, uh, it's almost impossible. I don't think we'll see the Grand Slam ever won.
2: If you had a choice of your best four tracks for a Grand Slam, which ones would you pick?
4: Um, I think they've picked the right choice. Yeah, yeah. I think the four are the, are the Grand
0: Slam, without doubt. But um, I think they're underestimating how competitive the category
1: is.
2: And finally, in the USA on Saturday, the inaugural race for Marcus Ambrose Motorsport netted a second-place finish for Australian George Mediki. Not a bad start for the new team. And that's the news on the VAD Insiders. After the break, Richard Crail and Tony Shebeki will look at all the upcoming action from the Clipsal 500 2011.
3: News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars.
1: Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders.
3: You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing...
1: Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
0: Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
2: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week, a man who, well, we have his annual appearance on the V8 Insiders at every Clipsal preview. No wonder he's an Adelaide boy. Richard Crail, thanks for joining us once again. No dramas. G'day, Craig. And Tony Shebeki, a self-confessed Clipsal virgin who's going to break the cherry this weekend at the Clipsal 500. We're looking forward to seeing you there.
5: No better place to break the cherries at Harley Street, I would have thought. <laughs> it would be great to be there.
2: Guys, it is going to be an exciting Clipsal. After the uh, after the events of Abu Dhabi to kick the season off, this month-long break we've had, it's really, I think, every motorsport fan is chomping at the bit, Tony. What did you get out of that Abu Dhabi experience, the racing over there, that you think is going to be replicated at Clipsal for you? Well,
5: I'll tell you one thing. The crowd probably is... The total opposite to what I got out of Abu Dhabi. I think there was seven and a half thousand. They said at uh, Abu Dhabi there will be seventy and a half thousand just in the front straight. Won't there at Adelaide, from what I'm told? So uh, that'll be something that's going to be totally different. Uh, From from everyone that I've spoken to, the drivers that I've spoken to the last week or two, not much translates out of Abu Dhabi into Clipsal. The cars have had the opportunity, the drivers, the teams have had the opportunity to do a bit of testing at Queensland Raceway and also at Winton over the last week or two. From that, they're really looking forward to getting on the the streets of Australia for the very first time in 2011 and what should really set up the, the, the mood and the mode racing this season, I would think.
2: Mm. Richard, the interesting thing is the roadworks that are being done on the racetrack, which is really the first time they've done some serious work on the racetrack since the Grand Prix itself.
4: Yeah, we complain a lot about roadworks over here, and they're pretty notorious for taking a long time in South Australia, but I can tell you that um, I've had no complaints about the work they've done on Wakefield Street, which, for those that aren't accustomed to Clipsal's, basically the run out of the centre chicane, turn 1, 2 and 3, and then that run up the hill into the the very hard braking zone and the top of the hill on the right-hand corner, which is probably, before the hairpins, probably one of the best overtaking opportunities on the track. So that's been completely resurfaced. It's going to be a lot smoother. It used to be very, very bumpy, and if you put one wheel offline, you'd have uh, difficulties getting the car pulled up, and we've seen over the years a lot of cars fire up into that escape route there at the top of Wakefield Street. So it's actually going to change the character of the circuit. Wouldn't surprise me if lap times are a bit quicker because they'll be able to brake later and probably carry a bit more speed into that corner as well. Um, But I think it will actually, if anything, promote overtaking because there'll be more grip uh, for drivers to use on both sides of the circuit. So it's a good change, don't get me wrong. The rest of the track, um, as it always has been, I saw it last week, the place looks a million bucks and it's not finished yet. And... um, by the time the weekend rocks around it's going to be perfect and there'll be a, a massive crowd in the house and from an atmosphere point of view and throw all the Adelaide bias things you want at me but it just pumps that event it's it's phenomenal and when you're standing in the uh, the pit building looking up at 40 odd thousand in the grandstand opposite pit straight alone the um, atmosphere is fantastic it's like being at the the MCG or Amy Stadium for a footy match.
2: And it's amazing, isn't it, uh, Tony, that when we see this event, be it on TV or when we're there, it just keeps getting bigger. The Adelaide government has supported it right from the get-go and they've seen the value in it and they've added to it every time. We saw the introduction of the uh, covers over all the stands uh, in the last couple of years. We saw the new pit building, which is really setting the standard on how street circuits not only are done in australia but around the world
5: it it really is amazing isn't it the adelaide government will be given full credit for what they've done with this race in the years since the grand prix a lot of a lot of states a lot of places had they have had their grand prix stolen the way melbourne did to adelaide and i totally proudly say that that's exactly what we did to the adelaide grand prix uh they would have just a lot of people would have expected that they could have turned around and said, well bugger this motorsport you know, if it's going to treat us like that, we don't want a part of it but not Adelaide, the Adelaide government embraced it at the time and every government since has embraced it since and as you said Craig, it's got bigger, better and I'm, I'm so looking forward to hitting the streets of Adelaide on Friday and just seeing exactly what this noise is all about
2: and, uh, Richard, is media Mike still in charge over there? I haven't kept oh, track of it. He most
4: certainly is, mate. Yeah, he's been there since day one. Uh, Mike <laughs> Drew, the, the media and PR guy, we all know him very well um, amongst our circles in the sport. In fact, I'm um, helping Mike out a bit this weekend. Mike's usually calling the GT Championship races, but uh, and they're actually going to be quite a big feature this year. Twilight Racing will return to the streets of Adelaide for the first time in a couple of years. Mike's obviously got his commitments... Um, Being the media mogul that he is, and selling the story that is the Clipsal 500 to the press, so uh, I'm going to jump in the box in his stead to uh, to call GT racing.
2: Now that's normally with Murray.
4: Well, I hope, bloody hope so, mate. I can tell you. (laughs) How (laughs) good will it? Hey, I tell you what, those
5: GT championships this year just hold even more significance, don't they? With the return of Jason Richards to competitive yeah. driving since the diagnosis of cancer. And I was fortunate enough to catch up with Jace at Marinello Motorsports down here in Richmond last Friday. And while he's looking not anywhere near a million dollars, he's got the bald head going, he's got a massive scar on his stomach. He's still fighting for his life against this terrible disease that he has. It's going to be great to see his mental health improve somewhat by the fact that he's going to be racing the uh, Ferrari GT in, on the streets of Adelaide come Clipsal uh, at the end of this week. And gee, that's just going to make him feel a million dollars.
2: It is, and uh, of course, he's not a Christchurch boy, but I reckon there's going to be a lot of people in New Zealand that his spirits are going to be lifted seeing Jason back out on the track too, Richard.
4: Yeah, and it's, it's, I hope. And long term, obviously, we all hope that it turns out to be one of those great fairy tales, don't we? That, that he can beat something like as bad as what he's been through and he's still going through and get back on the saddle, as they say, and, and do what he does best. And I think it's a, a fantastic thing. It'll be like a tonic for Jace. He'll, he'll get there and adrenaline will take over and he'll jump in the car. And, and I hope for his sake that he goes really well. And Actually, I think there was some um, mumbling around today on the press that He's going to jump into one of Greg Murphy Racing's Fujitsu cars and have a steer of that as well, if only for practice, and then maybe see how the rest of it goes. But, you know, it's a great story, and, and, you know, it's a a fairy tale. We hope for the sport, but it's a, a great thing for Jason personally to be able to do this and to be able to put what's been a wretched six months for him behind him and just focus on the job of driving. doesn't have to worry about chemo or hospitals or worry about his family or anything like that. He can just drive. And I think that's just going to be an amazing tonic for him and and I'm sure he'll be all the better for it. If
5: he finishes on the podium or wins a race on the weekend, forget any other story across the weekend in sport, not just in motor racing, in sport here in Australia, that is the story of the weekend right there.
2: It's yeah, definitely it's going to uh, it's definitely going to lead on the grid, of course. Uh, Tony Shivecki on Sunday morning, you can listen to that show, or you can do like I do in Canberra and listen to it online because we don't have SEN there. I'm sure Richard does the same thing every That's Sunday morning. We should cool get you thing. podcasting on the v Insiders website, Tony. Hey, uh, <laughs> guys, we uh, we do need to talk about Jason Richards because one thing he is talking about is his health. If he can improve it enough uh, that he can go racing before the Enduros. He wants to get back into his car at Brad Jones Racing. And, uh, of course, the man that would be most worried about losing his seat is certainly Jason Barguana, who, unfortunately, is in a a pretty tough position. And the the Jason factor is going to be a pretty hard one that you don't think Bargs, who is a very personal guy, and I, I like him a lot, but you don't think he's going to win a lot of friends if he says, no, this is my car, my seat, do you?
5: No, look, you're probably right, uh, and Jason and Bugs understands exactly where he's at at the moment. That's been made clear to him, and he knows that seat is only temporary until Jason comes back. Uh, the question is, how long is that going to be? I know, uh, speaking to Jason on Friday, he says it could be any time. It could be, you know, the Grand Prix it, it, that he's given the all clear to drive. It could be the Enduros. I think that's the key, though. No one really knows, and the effect that this the treatment that he's having is taking on his body he might be okay to drive a half an hour Ferrari you know a half hour race in a Ferrari GT will his body be able to endure a long stint in a car especially a long stint of back like honestly if you want my honest opinion I really don't think that we'll see Jace in the immediate future back in a V8 car if we see him in there again in 2011 I hope I'm wrong I really do and I'd love to see Jason in as quickly as we can but I just just don't feel that it's possible for him to be able to do that.
2: Mm. Of course.
4: It'd take a massive job, wouldn't it? And and it'd be a massive turnaround from where he's been the last six months to do that. It does raise an interesting question, though, if he is okay to drive. Because I would assume that neither he nor Jason Barguana would be classed as full-time drivers. And therefore, technically, they'd be allowed to either pair up either of them with Jason Bright or themselves and therefore forming probably one of the strongest team's driver combinations going into the Enduro. So, who knows? I mean, for Brad Jones Racing, if Jason's good to go, it could be the best thing since sliced bread for those two, because they'd have two gun drivers with bacchus success under their belts. But anyway, that's a long way into the future, and... We'll that bridge when we come to it,
2: I assume. One of the critical things is we can remember when they brought in that rule, there was the Morris-Murphy rule where Paul Morris had to drive at Abu Dhabi last year because Murph was unavailable. And, you know, V8 Supercars made a very sensible choice that it was Murph's drive. Morris could still drive with Russell or with Murph, whichever the team needed, but Murph couldn't drive with Russell because he was the primary driver. The teams nominate a primary driver. They don't nominate who. Is uh, starting the year or anything like that So drivers can change But your primary driver can't change In that car We need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders Plenty more when we return You've taken the V8 to
3: the races you watch the action on TV Now read about them in V8X Magazine V8X Magazine Dedicated to just one thing
1: To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au.
2: Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders as Tony Shebeki from SEN's On The Grid and uh, Richard Crail, who I don't know where we could start with your list of media accomplishments, but I will say SBS Speed Week.
5: Yeah, that'll do for today. <laughs> He joins us on the grid sometimes too, so you can
2: we'll claim him.
4: Yeah,
2: that's fine. I'd, I'd be happy to be claimed by SEN. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll do that again. Inside Motorsports, Richard Craft. Oh yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: James Courtney came off his bike. He's been saying all week this is the biggest media beat up since media beat up started. He's perfectly fit and healthy going into the Clipsal 500, where he wants to get more wins for HRT. Richard. Yeah. Yeah. It,
4: Tabloid, tabloid news fodder, anybody? <laughs> what a beat up. Um, you know, JC's obviously not too perturbed about it. These things happen when you ride a bike. Talk to Mark Webber. But, um, oh, look, you know, it's good, it's good that it's getting in the press, you know, and, and James Courtney's that kind of guy that transcends motor racing and he's a bit of a personality in sport, full stop. So whether it's about the actual art of going car racing or just about James Courtney being James Courtney... Tends to get press, and that's probably a good thing for car racing in a weird kind of way. That he's talked about like that, and um, you know, it he, he means the sports in the news, and it's a mention for V8 supercars, even if it's a complete beat up and um, you know, not really relevant. But anyway, is what it is. JC's fine, and I've got no doubts he's going to be in the top five or six um, next weekend.
5: Now, now he was hit. Now he was hit by a Ute. Is that correct?
4: Something like Allegedly, that. Allegedly,
5: yeah. Mm. Now, Cameron McConville has just jumped into the Bundaberg rum. Mutant would love to get a full-time drive with HRT at some point. Am I on the right lines here or not?
2: You can tell that well, SEN AFL mongering is working well. Don't you uh, have ties to Hutchie? <laughs> no,
5: no, I know him. I, I wouldn't <laughs> say I have ties to
2: him. <laughs> but he gives you awards and everything on his show?
5: And rightly so. Uh, <laughs>
2: Or do they just name them after you now?
5: No, they just name them
2: after me. That's it. Yes. But, Tony, in all seriousness, uh, we do look at the media role in V8 Supercars. And as I said, you come from a a very, very interesting place because you are involved in that 24-7 media circus called the AFL, as much as you have a, a hand in all other sports. How much is any story getting into the mainstream media and V8 Supercars a uh, huge coup.
5: In, in regards to Clipsville, probably not too much at the moment. I, I would think that, that probably starts to ramp up from tomorrow, maybe even Thursday. A lot of focus down here is, you're right, Craig, with the start of the, the AFL season kicking off next week. Formula 1s, of course. Uh, motor racing 1s, I suppose, that's where the focus is. The finish of testing in, uh, in Barcelona and uh, the cars heading down here on the weekend for uh, what should be a great race down here in Melbourne. So I suppose motor racing-wise, that's where the focus is at the moment. But that'll change and it will shift a little bit, I'm sure, come Thursday, Friday when the cars hit the streets of Adelaide.
2: I think you'll agree that James is one of a few, and there's only a handful of drivers in this country, that understand it. And when I say it, the media and how to do the media. He, He is one of a handful that understands that, no matter how stupid the question, no matter what angle they're going, you can always give a good quote. You don't fob people off because, you know, yeah, can he I say, understands it.
5: Can I say though, Craig, that uh, being involved with SEN, obviously we cover all sports here in the newsroom, and so I get to a lot of presses, rugby league, rugby union, motor racing, AFL football, soccer, the likes, and there are no better media performers in the world than V8 supercar drivers. Uh, the amount of time that they allow themselves to have with the media, whether it be someone from the back of the grid or someone from the front of the grid, there's not too many drivers that uh, are unmedia friendly. Maybe one or two come to mind, but not too many drivers that are unmedia friendly. And uh, VR supercar drivers do it better, much better than anyone else, there's no doubt about it.
2: Mm. Richard, you've had a lot of experience with international drivers through your Formula 3 connections. How do you find the differences in the way they look at media compared to what you see day-to-day from the Australians?
4: Yeah, good question. Uh, the international guys, and a lot of the guys I've worked with are young, young kids, so by that I mean anything from 16 ranging up to, to early 20s, and they're all in the early steps of their career. But the, the thing I notice a lot about those drivers in comparison to ones in Australia is that in, in Europe they start beating them over the head about the media thing a lot earlier. And I don't know if that's just a byproduct of the fact that there's more attention on the sport in Europe, or or what have you. But uh, you know, guys like James Winslow and even Ben Barker, you know, when he came to Australia last year, he was a complete unknown over here. Um, but from the very first time we put him in front of the cameras for our TV coverage in Formula Three, he was brilliant. Um, and with a bit of polishing, he became a very very adept performer. So. I think the Europeans tend to get it a little bit earlier because they probably get more focus on them earlier in the piece. But I'd agree with what Tony said. You know, our guys in V8 supercars are really, really good. And a lot of the young kids coming through as well are great. And, I mean, James Moffat is one. And Shebeks, I'm sure you'll agree that he's he's a really engaging guy to chat to and a really engaging interview. And he'll give you a good quote. He knows that, uh, whether it's consciously or not, he knows that you need a decent sort of soundbite or a decent quote you can grab for a story so he's willing to give you that um, and he's and just a really good interviewer and I think that's the best thing about the future of our sport is that the guys coming and girls coming through at the moment are, are really good personable guys and girls that, that give you a good quote and are really good at facing the media and, and that's what the sport needs to grow and build mm. In most sport there's an off camera
5: or a, a, an off the record persona for most sportsmen and there's mm. a on the camera persona which is Toe the party line, thank the sponsors, get out. That doesn't happen that much in VA supercars. You still have that persona of, you know, the, the, especially, you see it even more in NASCARs, where the sponsors, you know, are number one. They always mention them. But you will, uh, for most drivers, get, you know, and Jamie Winkup is one, I think, that comes to mind straight away. He, he's totally honest with his answers. If he's had a, a crap day and there's a problem, he will tell you exactly what that problem was.
2: Mm. Yep, yep I, I I must admit, I'm a huge uh, Jamie Winkup fan and they, everyone who listens to this show knows that because incredible driver and just at, his, at the peak of his game and that's, you know, that's what you like to see. That's why purists like Scaife. They like his driving when he was at the top of his game and, uh, you know... Often, that, yeah, and obviously the better they can perform in the media, the more media-friendly, the more public-friendly they're going to become. Yeah. The yeah. best
4: example I think there is, is Kyle Bush in uh, NASCAR.
3: Yeah,
4: the, yeah. The, the, I mean, he's, he's hated by 50% of the fan base, and adored 50%, by <laughs> and, uh, well, it's probably more than that, isn't it, but he, he has got a hardcore legion of fans, but... He's brilliant. He can come into an interview absolutely seething and going, oh, so-and-so knocked me off and he's horrible, but the M&M's Toyota was brilliant. And (laughs) by the way, I'm really peeved off about so-and-so. And and, and the media lapped that stuff up, and that's why he probably gets... He's probably the fourth or fifth best exposed NASCAR driver behind your earnhardt's and this season, Danica Patrick, with her nationwide stuff. So... You know, And that's the kind of stuff that the media love to love to get their teeth into, and, and especially the, the more mainstream media like your, your Daily Telegraphs and your print press and stuff like that. Hey,
2: that's,
4: that's so a... just on that, Craig, just very quickly. Danica Patrick, quick
5: story. Went to Vegas Motor Speedway last year for the race, uh, mm. basically exactly 12 months ago. Danica, and, and it was her first season in NASCAR, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Yep, last that's year, right. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. had three merchandise trucks dedicated to her alone. Yeah. So I can imagine what what she's like now, (laughs) a year, 12 months
3: on.
2: Yeah. Guys, Gas and Go is up next.
3: Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8 Race Experience. Find out how you can drive at Bathurst this
2: Easter at v8race.com.au. Gas and Go, of course, is brought to you by V8 Race and, of course, V8X Magazine. Get it now ahead of this weekend's Clipsal 500 and get the best preview in the business. Uh, first to you, Tony Shebeki on Gas and Go. Five questions, three minutes. Sam Hurd becomes the Director of Communications. If you haven't heard. No, I haven't heard. Richard?
4: Uh, I, ha- I had heard. Um, I don't really have much in the way of an opinion on it, but anything that gives V8 more power in the communications department is a good thing. Who Ske- so is he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, former executive at uh, Network 10 Okay
2: Scaifey gets a Carrera Cup ride Is this good for VH supercars Or is it just good for Carrera Cup Richard
4: uh, Scaifey, oh good for Carrera Cup What a great way to return to Australian motorsport Put Mark Scaife in a car, brilliant PR
2: I must exclaim that uh, I think Richard Crail is the series commentator for Carrera Cup. Richard, uh, sorry, Tony Shabeki.
5: Great for Mark Scafe. The more time he spends in competitive racing, the better he's going to be come Phillip Island and uh, Bathurst.
2: Triple Eight is launching a monster attack on the Fujitsu series. Or should that be a monster car in the Fujitsu series, Tony Shabeki. Yeah,
5: only a matter of time I would have thought... uh, a fair bit of money hanging around triple eight they had to spend it some way and uh, to get a car in the Fujitsu series is a great thing for them and also a good opportunity for them too to be to have an, an extra driver or two in the stable uh, especially when it comes around in zero time and the like so uh, a good move by them
2: richard
4: yeah and i, I believe actually as we record this uh, either tonight or tomorrow they're um unveiling that car at a local holden dealer down near the circuit so Look, it's good for Fujitsu if you like level one teams coming in. That's another debate for a whole other show. But um, good for Andrew Thompson. Good to have another big brand name in the sport and involved. And good for Triple Eight first and foremost, I guess. When we have that discussion, can I join you? Yep. <laughs> because I've got, I've got a
5: lot of thoughts on that.
2: I'll book That's you two in. and uh, When we've got our next month's break ahead of us, so we'll have you two on for that discussion. Clipsal or Bathurst, Richard Crayhill? Which one is bigger?
4: Now, get fair income. Don't get all parochial here. No, no. Look, Bathurst is the pinnacle motor racing event in Australia, full stop. And I, I'd, well, I'd be the first person to argue that Clipsal's bigger in terms of crowd, media, and and everything like that. No doubt. But Bathurst is the number one event. But Clipsal's getting so close. I tell you what, it's so so close. But oh, look, Bathurst is Bathurst, and I don't think you can ever argue that anything's bigger than Bathurst because it's it's the place.
2: Tony. Ditto. Ditto, ditto. Okay, who will be the first driver to be bitten by the new qualifying exclusion rules, Tony?
5: Uh, let me just get this right because I think there's a little bit of confusion as to what's going to happen here. We're being told that if a car doesn't finish qualifying for some reason and is red flagged, so if it hits the wall or, and, and causes a red flag to happen in the session, it'll effectively have a zero time next to its name and will start from the back of the grid or from pit lane. Am I right?
2: And it doesn't matter what session it is in. So if you're in the top 10 session, you're going to start 29th. Tough but fair. To, uh, Richard?
4: Yeah, tough but fair. Um, Kart and IndyCar used this in the 90s and early 2000s to great effect. If you cause a red flag, you lose your fastest time. V8's doing it slightly differently. You just lose your time full stop and go to the back. It is tough, but um, it's a way of getting more track time in the session, better for the fans. So I, I support it. I think it's a, a tough move, but a good one.
2: Mm, that's gas and go for another week here on the V8 Insiders. Yes and Go is brought to you by
3: the V8 Race Experience. Find out how you can drive at Bathurst this Easter at v8race.com.au.
2: Well, guys, thanks very much for your time here on the V8 Insiders this week. Tony, your tip for Clipsal. And just to make it more difficult, the Clipsal rules are you have a winner on Saturday, you have a winner on Sunday, but the guy with the most points over the weekend wins the weekend, I think. Or have they changed it back to the guy who wins Sunday? No, no,
4: guy the that, guy that wins Sunday races.
2: Okay. So who's going to win Sunday? That's all I care about. Who's going to have just, the big trophy?
4: Uh, Jamie Winkup
5: to win on Saturday. Shane Van Gisbergen to win Sunday.
2: Oh, oh great oh. tip. Here we go, Richard, yours.
4: Oh, I love it. That's a great tip. I'm, I really want to go with that. I'll, I'll go with something different, just so we've got a couple of different opinions. But that's brilliant. That would be superb. Um... I return to form Craig
2: Lowndes. Why not? All right, then. I've got Jonathan Webb in my sweep. So three different tips for the Clipsal Trophy to be held aloft at the end of this weekend. Thanks very much to Tony. You'll be doing your show on the grid live from the Clipsal Palace, I'm sure somewhere in the Taj Mahal at the Media Centre or anywhere around the circuit is always a good place to do a radio show and OB from, isn't it?
5: It certainly is, and looking forward to getting there. As we said, breaking that, uh, that virginal status of mine.
2: And, Richard, everyone can hear you at the Clipsal, and, of course, we look forward to catching up with you very, again very soon.
4: Yeah, thanks. I'll be calling Touring Car Masters and GT, so looking forward to that, and looking forward to welcoming you to our event, Shebex. It should be great. We'll show you how they do it in Adelaide. Fantastic.
2: We'll have more on the White Flag Lap after the break. I hope you'll stay with us.
1: Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've
3: taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best riders and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage.
4: Out now.
2: Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Joining us on the Y-Flag Lap this week is Tim Slade. Tim uh, Clipsal, is there a bigger event for you than this one? As a
0: proud South Australian, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I mean, in my mind, Clipsal is probably, uh, you know, as a whole, the the biggest and best event of the year. You know, certainly Bathurst there, which is which is obviously the biggest race um, in itself of the year because there's you know so much history behind uh, behind Bathurst. But um, you know, it's it's an awesome feeling driving into the track at Clipsal. You know, even two or three days before the actual race, because you know you just see the the infrastructure in place. Um, you know, there's, there's just probably nothing like it, um, you know, at uh, in any other race meeting during the year. And, um, you know, it's just massive hype and, and atmosphere during the weekend. And, of course, two fairly gruelling races over the two days.
2: And would it be safe to say that this is the most settled you've come into an event at Clipsal, coming back with the same team and, and yeah. really being ingrained into that organisation now? Yeah, definitely. I've, you know, I've said this to a lot of people that this year
0: um, is good for me you know, from the pure fact that uh, that I've had that continuity, You know, like you said I'm in the same car, same team, same engineer, everything's unchanged basically since we were here last year, so first year I was here, um, it was obviously my first race in the main V8 Supercar Championship and then last year was uh, my second race with the Stone Brothers, so you know, that was all new surrounds to me. Last year, and um, you know we've we've uh, showed some pretty good pace over you know the last four races. We've qualified inside the top ten in, in the last four races, and uh, and have been a little bit unlucky at times, like the second race in Abu Dhabi. But um, you know I'd, I'd love nothing more than to come away with uh, a couple of solid results from from this weekend, and um, you know get back up somewhere near near where we should be in the championship.
2: Now that you're in your third year in the series, do you feel like you are a, a genuine part of the the whole circus?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess obviously this year is uh, is probably the the year that I felt most part of it. But obviously, you can't get too comfortable because there's only 28 seats out there, and you know there's probably uh, another 28 guys that uh, would fill it. You know, the, the, snap of, the snap of the fingers. So, um, I guess you know, I can't sort of look at this uh, this weekend like like uh, too unrealistic. You know, still got to go out there with a, with a goal in mind. And um, and for us this weekend, I think you know, if we can come away with a couple of top ten results, then uh, then you know, I'd be pretty happy with that. And you know, anything anything more than that will uh, is a bit of a bonus.
2: Mm. And of course, then it's straight back to back into Albert Park. Do you have to conserve anything? It clips all where it's for championship points, knowing that you have to race a week later? No,
0: nah, definitely definitely not on our mind. When we're racing around there, um, you know, bumper to bumper, we're not sort of ever thinking about the next race, um, unless we're ordered to do so. But, um, you know, like you said, Clipsal's for championship points and, and the Grand Prix is not. So um, we've actually... Stone Brothers have bought a, a spare car down this weekend, so... You know, whenever you bring something, you shouldn't need it. So hopefully that, that's the way it goes for, for all three Stone Brothers cars. Um, you know, we've showed, showed some good speed, all, all three of us. So um, hopefully we can do that again and stay out of trouble and, um, you know, go to the Grand Prix the following weekend with, with three pretty straight
2: cars. Well, we're really sure all the best this weekend as we kick off the Australian leg of the V8 Supercar Series. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. My thanks to Tim Slade there and, of course, to Richard Crowell and also to Tony Shebeki as a checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
1: Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.